we're still learning how to be human and not suck at relationships and not be a jerk and not die alone. And so there is quite a bit of stuff yet to talk about as we completely solve this thing on how to be human. No, I wish we could. Wouldn't that be great? But we are in week five of a six-week series. We'll wrap it up next week. You will not want to miss next week, but we're going to launch in today with a couple of questions that I think will bring everybody to the table. Uh, there's no right or wrong answer on these questions. The only thing that I ask you is don't scream your answer out loud or stand and raise your hand. That could get kind of weird and awkward. But let me ask you. I want you to think about yourself, and I want you to think about your relationships, your marriages, friendships, if you're parent, parenting, siblings, uh, coworkers, all your relationships. Are you the kind of person in your relationships that like to live in the moment? You know what I mean by living in the moment, right? You're very spontaneous. Let's just see where the night takes us kind of thing. Yeah, you're just very spontaneous in your friendships and you're like not much structure. You know, hey, whatever we think, let's do that. Whatever, you know, in the moment, we'll say what we think and do what we think. We just kind of make it up as we go. Yeah, is that you? Maybe that's kind of who you are and you're like, yeah, yeah, sometimes. And okay, okay. Well, how about this? How about this? Are you the kind of person that lives in the world of what if in your relationships? What I mean by that is like you're, you're very cautious by nature. Right? It's the way God made you. It's not a right or wrong thing. It's just a thing thing, right? It's just the way you are. And, and you're like, ah, oh, what if, hmm, but if I, what if I said, what if we, but if we do this and, but if we, well, what if we don't? And oh no, then, then that. And okay, wait a second. We need to think this through. Okay. You're probably a little bit more of a worrier slow processor, slow decision maker. If you're a kind of a spontaneous live in the moment, you're like the future, you know it's out there, but you don't really spend that much time thinking about it because after all, we could be dead next week. So we might as well just enjoy the weekend, right? That's, that's true. That could, be, that could be true. But the, the other thing, if you're a what if, more of a what if person, you're, you're, you're constantly focused on the future, almost to a fault. Kind of thing. Now, if you're wondering where I fall in the spectrum of things, now, here's the deal. We're all a little bit of all of these. There's no just one size fits all. We're all a mixture of this. And you're probably different with different people, right? In your marriage, maybe you're more like this. And in your friendships, you're more like this. And at work, maybe you're, you know, a mixture. I don't know. But for me, I'm definitely more on the what if kind of <laughs> side of things. I just am. It's just the way I'm wired. I mean, don't get me wrong. I can be spontaneous if you let me plan for it. We're going to be spontaneous. Let me get it on my calendar, and we'll dedicate a whole hour to just whatever. Preferably while I'm asleep. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my poor wife. All right, so you're somewhere in all of that. Here's why I start there. We'll come back to this in a minute, but I, I want you to think about a principle, a principle that you already know, and that's why I'm excited about talking about this in the next few moments. What we're getting ready to talk about is a principle you already know. You already apply this in, in so many different areas of life. And this principle kind of brings us all together when it comes to our relationships, regardless of our personality and how we approach them. It's something you're very familiar with. You use this principle in your decisions. You use it in your business. You use it already in your finances. You apply it already in your life. But you may not realize what an important and powerful principle it is for relationships. And in the ancient world, 
in this ancient document that we call the Bible in the first century, the New Testament more specifically, Paul the Apostle introduces this concept that really he didn't coin the phrase necessarily or introduce it. He just clarified it so succinctly. And it's just all throughout the Bible. It's all throughout human you know, reality and, and human nature and the way life works. But in the scriptures, more than in any other ancient document, you see this concept come to life and it is clarified in vivid color. And so we're going to talk about this principle But thinking about our relationships, again, you know how to do this in business, you know how to do it in finances, you know how to do this in making your decisions, but you may not know how it impacts your marriage, your friendships, your parenting, you fill in the blank. Here we go. Paul writes, do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. You're not going to make a fool out of God. This is the way it is. It's the way it works. Here we go. A man reaps what he sows. Not just I'm not talking about males, you know, mankind, a person, right? Men, women, young, old, people reap what they sow. You see what I mean? You know this. You already know this. And you use this principle when you make decisions. You're constantly going, I don't know if I should because that's not going to pay off. Well, I don't know. We should probably do this because that would be good. Later, you know this in decisions. You know it in business. You know it in finance. But do you consider it? in your relationships, in your marriage, in your friendships, in your family, in your parenting, in your dating? Do you, do you think about the fact that you will reap what you sow? It's a life principle. Now he goes on and he impacts it a little bit more. He says, whoever sows to please their flesh from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the spirit from the spirit will reap eternal life. And there's a lot right here that we don't have time to unpack. But here's why I read this part. Because let me summarize this part for you. He's saying a man reaps what he sows and it can work against you or it can work for you. It could end up bad or it could end up really good. Now, when I was growing up in church and and they used to teach this reap what you sow thing, it was always, you know, when they were talking about sin and going to hell and, you know, and, and avoid, you know, being bad and all that. And you're going to reap what you sow. You're gonna, it's like a threat. You're going to reap what you sow. And there's truth. There's truth there. Obviously, we're going to talk about it. We just read it. But it works. It can work against you, but it can also work for you. And no one ever told me how this works for me. No one told me, especially when it comes to relationships, how this can actually help in your relationships. You reap what you sow. You reap what you sow. And in this concept, in this principle, rest two things. There's something about now and there's something about later. Something about now and something about later. Now, now and later, much more than a great candy. And it is that, especially the apple, the green apple. Oh, I'm not a big candy guy. I'm much more cornbread and grits kind of guy. But if I'm going to eat candy, I mean, oh my goodness, goodness, goodness. And a green now and later. My goodness, I found one of my uh, desk not long ago that had to be about 10 years old. Still good. <laughs> yep. Now and later, like 10 years later, like much later, right? I, I guess that's why they named it that. I don't know. It's just right up there with McDonald's fries. They never decompose, ever. And so, yeah, there's a, a now component and a, a later component. You reap what you sow. There's something I want to reap. I'm going to focus on what I want to reap. 
This is an agricultural term, agricultural concept, but you don't have to be a farmer to get it. There's something I want later. So in order to get that later, there's something I need to do and invest into and participate with now. Now, later. Think relationships. Now, as a side note, let me show you just a quick snapshot how big this is. This whole sowing and reaping thing has its tentacles all over the place. This concept of now and later, all throughout the scriptures you see it, and, and we see it in all different parts of life. I was just blown away as I was studying this and looking more and more. It's like, wait, there it is, there it is, there it is. For instance, the whole idea of faithfulness and being faithful with anything, but let's think relationships. The whole idea of being faithful in your relationships is all about sowing and reaping. It's all about now and later. The idea is, okay, be faithful. Keep doing this, keep doing this, or keep avoiding this because it will have an effect later, a cumulative effect later. Did you know what patience is about? Patience is about the working out of the sowing and reaping concept. Patience in life. All right, hang in there, hang in there. Wait, 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 wait. Why? Because it'll pay off when? Later. Perseverance, endurance, I mean, you could just keep filling in the blanks. All of these concepts throughout life and specifically the scriptures have their foundation in this concept. You will reap what you sow. Now, the problem is, the problem is when it comes to now and later, we, we often pick one or the other. Thus, my questions at the very beginning. Some of us are more now people in the moment, right? We may not even live to see tomorrow. So let's just embrace today. Let's live in the moment. Let's embrace the moment. And you know what? You're right. You are absolutely right. We may not live to see tomorrow. We should embrace the moment. We should engage the moment. Because we don't want to live with regrets. You know, people say, well, I, that's it. I don't want to have any regrets. These people that talk about, you know, no regrets, they're either not being honest or they're clueless. Everybody has regrets. Right? Everybody, everybody. I don't know anyone that doesn't have regrets other than Jesus because he was perfect. So we're all going to have regrets. And so, yes, 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 yes. I mean, I wish I could go back as a dad. I wish I could go back as a dad. Do I have regrets as a dad? You better believe it. How much time you got? Right? Do I have regrets? 20, first 27 years of marriage. Yeah. Yeah. As a pastor? Mm-hmm. A couple. At least. So yeah, you're right. You now people, you're right. We need to engage the moments. We need to pay attention to what's in front of us and not wish it or let it slip away. Then there's later people. You tend to be like, oh, well, forget about it. I mean, we got tomorrow, tomorrow, I, I get it, but I don't have time for a bowl of ice cream. We can't stop and eat popcorn. No, watch a movie. What? I can't even really talk right now. I can't even really talk, and I got, nice to see you. Maybe we'll catch up. Let's do lunch sometime. Because I got next week, and then a month from now, and then, my goodness, 10 years from now, it's coming, it's coming. So I got to plan, 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 plan. And you know what? You're right. You're right. We need to plan ahead. But the bigger picture is about now and later. The bigger picture in your relationships is about now and later because you need both. You must have both. Those of you that are single and you're dating, better think about both. Better think about both. It's never just about now. It's never just about this weekend. It's never just about this evening. It's always connected to later.
in your marriage, your parenting, that you gotta have both. A bigger picture in your relationships is understanding that there is a sowing and a reaping. There is something you want later that you have to prepare for now because now is connected to later. Here's another way of saying it. In our relationships, we should be living now thinking about later. Now, again, you do this in your finances. You spend now. Hopefully, you do this in your finances, okay? And if you don't, you know you should. You at least understand, spend now thinking of later, right? Uh, you do your deals now, you know, sign on the dotted line now, knowing that interest is coming, right? You got to pay this off. Eventually, you got to pay for this later. And you know it in business. You, we even know it with our health, right? Eat this now, pay for it later. Are you with me? But do you consider it? in your relational world. Live now. Gotta live now. You can't fast forward and skip now. Don't miss the moment. Live now, but with an eye to the future, thinking of where's this headed? Where is this going? Thinking of later. You don't ever wanna sacrifice the future on the altar of the present. It's a bigger picture that considers both. Okay, so we got that, sowing and reaping. There's a now and there's a later, and they're connected. Think about your relationships. In fact, I want to get more specific. Think about your most challenging relationships. For you, right now, it may be in your dating world, right? Or it could be in your marriage. That's the most difficult thing. Or it could be like marriage is great, but I got toddlers. Or, you know, uh, whew, I wish I could go back to toddlers. I got teenagers. So just older toddlers. <laughs> just, kidding, just kidding. Or you're like, man, well, my kids are in their 20s and, and they're doing this or they're not. And I'm going to figure it out. Or, you know, great. My home life is great. Marriage, family is great. But they're crazy people I work with. When I go to work, these people are nuts. And I keep changing jobs trying to find a better group of people, but they're crazy everywhere. If that's your experience, maybe crazy's in the mirror. Just saying, okay? But whatever your challenging relationship is, and only to ask yourself one more question. I love questions. Here's a question. What story do I want to be told? Because embedded into that question is the concept of sowing and reaping. Because there is going to be a story that's told. Embedded into that question is the whole idea of now and later. What story do I want to be told? Because there will be a story that's told in your marriage, in your dating, at work, when you no longer work there, in your family, when you're dead and gone, there will be a story and you get to decide now, get this, what story is told later. You get to be a part now of what story is told down the road. Here's, the, here's something I find interesting, and I think it's encouraging too, is that stories are not written in a day. Our stories are not written in one single day. Isn't that, isn't that encouraging? Aren't you glad to know that? Because, man, I've had some days that the story, I mean, it had pretty much been over, right, on that day. 
or I would have ruined it on that day, right? Stories are not written in a day, but stories are written every day, by day, by day, by day, little bits at a time. They're investments. Think, think relationships. Think what story do I want to be told? Another way of getting at this question is, what am I going to wish I would have done? What am I going to wish I would have said? What am I going to wish I would have been like as a dad, as a mom, as a brother, as a sister, as an employer, as an employee, as a friend, as a neighbor? What am I going to look back and wish? Because mm. you're going to look back and you're going to have regrets. You're going to look back and you're going to go, oh, again, people who say, I got no regrets. They're either dishonest or clueless. Everybody's got regrets. And so the idea here is to, is to kind of know that, now let me do some preemptive regret management and, and go, wait, I don't want to get down the road. I don't want to get down the road. Once I can't change now and look back on now, hmm, what will I wish I would have said? What will I wish I would have done? How am I gonna wish I would have solved this problem and had this conversation with these people that I say I love and care about so much? What kind of dad and mom and parent and, and, and son and daughter and husband and wife and friend am I gonna wish I would have been? What's the story gonna be? Henry Cloud, a great counselor, author, psychologist, he says it like this that we should play the end of the movie. I love that. Isn't that vivid? Play the end of the movie. We understand that. Play this out. Where's this going? Where's this headed? Because it's headed somewhere. It's going somewhere, and where it's headed is connected to right now. So play the end of the movie. According to your current dating life right now, play the end of the movie. Uh-oh. Yeah, you have an opportunity to make some changes. In your marriage right now, play the end of the movie. We keep fighting like this. If we keep treating each other like this, if I keep stonewalling her, and if I keep kind of pushing him away, play the end, play the end, play the end of the movie. Where's this going? If the atmosphere of our home continues to be the atmosphere of our home, play the end of the movie. If I treat my friends the way my, I've treated my friends to this point, play the end of the movie. If my co-working relationships don't change, play the end of the movie. See, it, this really comes down to your direction in life, in your relationships, not just your intentions, even though your intentions may be very good intentions. right? Good intentions are nice to have, but they just don't do much. This whole idea that, oh, well, it's a thought that counts. No, it's not. It's action. The thought may be nice, but don't count for much, right? You know this, right? And your wife's birthday. Don't get her something and just say, I thought about it. <laughs> Ain't it the thought that counts? Mm-mm. No, it's your butt that counts now, <laughs> right? We know this, we, we say it, and I know I get the concept, I get it. But this is about direction, not intention. Andy Stanley, a pastor, wrote a whole book on this, and he says, your direction, not your intention, determines your destination. Right? It's where you're headed, not where you're hoping, that's going to end up where you're going. That's going to determine where you're going, really. 
This is about direction. Later and now are inescapably connected. It's never just about now. It's never just about this night. It's never just about this date. It's never just about this weekend. It's never just about this argument in your marriage. It's never just about this fight. It's never just about this disagreement. It's never just about this decision. Hey, as a parent, it's never just about this moment. It's never just about this problem. In your friendships, it's never just about this. At work, it's never just about this conflict. Now and later, are connected. So we should live now thinking about later. I think, I hope at least, that should be really clear at this point. So what I want to do for the rest of our time, as you continue to think about your marriage and your friendships and your family, your parenting and your siblings and your your people you work with, and even your neighbors. You think about all your relationships, especially the ones that are the most challenging. I want to give you some hope. Some things that I think are just so encouraging to, to keep in mind. Because if you're like me, you look at this sowing and reaping thing and you go, oh, dang. And you can feel some pressure, right? You can feel a little bit of guilt, a little bit of pressure, a little bit of, you know, I'm suffocating kind of thing. Let's, let's admit something. There is much... We can't control. Now everybody take a deep breath. There's much you can't control. This whole sowing and reaping thing, I am not saying, nor is the scripture suggesting, nor is God saying, that you can control the outcomes of your life in every way by what you do right now. You can't control everything, but there is an undeniable connection, and if you ignore that, you're gonna be in a heap of mess. But there's much we can't control. Just for kicks and giggles, let's throw this out there. You can't control the free will of other people. You can't control that person you're dating. If you try, you ain't going to be dating long. Right? And what, you have to be married for 30 minutes to figure out you can't control your husband? You can't control your wife? Nor really should you spend time trying because no one wants to be controlled. You can't, hey parents, listen up. You can't control your kids. <sighs> I said it. Didn't it feel good? They said it at church. We can't, we can't control our kids. They can't, we, we're not crazy. We can't control. That's the maddening thing of parenting. You're responsible, but you're not ultimately able to control. You're responsible for people you can't control. That's the madness of parenting. And for those that think you can, oh, wait until they're six months old, okay? <clears throat> you're new at this, aren't you? Yeah, you're a greenhorn, aren't you? Yep, you're a rookie. Eventually, you'll figure it out, right? You can't control your friends. Who wants to be friends with people that are trying to control? You can't control your coworkers. You can't control your family. You can't, good Lord knows, you can't control your neighbors, the free will of other people. It is so important to admit you can't control them, but you can control how you respond to them. And how you respond now is going to affect later. There's a connection. 
even though there's much we can't control. We can't control the free will of others, and we also can't control the harsh realities of life. Don't think that this sowing and reaping thing means that you can be good enough to escape pain. No, because Jesus was very clear. In this world, you will have trouble. You can't control pain. You can't control tragedy by the nature of the fact that it's tra tragic, right? It's unexpected. You can't control sickness. You can't control pandemics. You can't control death. There's a lot you can't control. Don't make the mistake. This one's free. Don't make the mistake of looking at people who are going through difficult things in life and, and asking, hmm, I wonder what she did. So you reap what you sow. I wonder what he did. I wonder what he messed up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You see what their kids did? I wonder what, I wonder what their home is like. Don't, don't be so naive. Don't be so foolish to do that because there's much you can't control. You can't control free will of others. You can't control the harsh realities of life, but you can control. You can control how you respond. There's much we can't control. And, and let me finish with the best part. Here's the best part. Okay, the truth is you live now in your relationships. You live now. You do marriage now. You do parenting, marriage, friendships, all that now. Thinking about later, knowing there's some stuff you can't control, but be encouraged, okay? Grace is baked into the whole process. God's grace is baked in. It's a part of this whole thing, and I am so glad that it is. For starters, things change and people grow, which means ultimately people change. Things change. Yeah, in your relationships right now, you're so stressed out and, and you're just like, I don't know what I'm going to do and I don't know how I'm going to handle this and I don't know how to have this conversation and oh, it's just so awkward and I'm, and I'm just, oh, I'm so worn out and I'm so exhausted. And I'm just ready to quit. I'm just ready to give up. I'm just ready to walk. I just can't do this. Hold on. Wait, 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 wait. You know what? You know what grace helps us understand? Is that you just hang in there because that situation in your relationship is not always going to be this way. It will change. It will change. Your feelings will change. And situations will change. They always do. And it gets better. People grow, which means people can change. Don't buy into the lie. And I'm so sick of hearing this as a pastor through the years. That people don't change. That's a lie. Nothing could be further from the truth. Well, you know, Pastor, people don't change. He ain't going to change. She ain't going to change. People don't change. What do you mean people don't change? If people don't change, then I'm done, and we need to close and lock the doors and just demo this building because it's a waste of space. Don't tell me that there is God in heaven who has sent us his son to give himself for us and offers us his grace and mercy and forgiveness and power and his spirit. And then tell me, people don't change. Of course people can change. Your husband, your wife, your marriage, your family, your children, your friends can change. Now, people have to cooperate with the process of change. That's the way it works best. God's not in the habit of forcing himself on anyone that would rather not participate. That's a different story. But things change and people grow and change. That's grace. And if you don't believe me, look back in the past. 
What's changed? How you've changed? How people around you have changed? How life has changed? Because here's what happens. Okay, real quick. We get stressed out. We look in our marriage. We look in our family. We get stressed out. When we get stressed out, we get tunnel vision. And when we get tunnel vision, we say things like, this is never going to change. This is never going to change. And they're never going to change. It's always going to be like this. And they're always going to be like this. And I'm done. We're getting divorced because you ain't going to change. You'll never change. And that's it. We're done. We're through. You look back and you have no friends, but you have a lot of used to be friends because you, know, you can never get them to play along with you. Or you go from job to job to job to job looking for the perfect group of people to work with and you're realizing the whole time you're never going to find it. I mean, we just go round and round and round in this whole thing saying it's never going to change. This ain't going to change because you're stressed out. Take a breath. Take a breath. Take a breather. And look back in your life at all the things that have changed that you swore would never change. There's grace baked into this. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. This is huge. This is huge. One more. I saved the best for last. Here's grace. Here's grace. The story isn't over. In your marriage, the story isn't over. Hey, parents, worn out, exhausted parents, listen very carefully. The story isn't over. God's still working on you. God's still working on them, and God is still in control. The story isn't over for that situation or for them. And so, yeah, while, while you're living in the moment now, thinking about later because they're connected and you're responsible, it's so encouraging to know that God is still at work doing things that only he can do. And, and be encouraged these difficult moments that you experience in your relationships, they don't make or break a whole life. Moments matter, and moments do affect our lives. I'm not minimizing the moment, but grace teaches us. And God's power and love and transformation and forgiveness teaches us that moments don't make or break an entire life. The story isn't over. I know what you're going through right now is really tough really hard, and you can't see through it, but the story isn't over. So what, you sh what should you do? I'll show you. Let me take you back to the beginning. When we read this principle, a man reaps what he sows, and let's finish the passage. So let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time, and I wish I knew when the proper time was, and I wish God would let me pick the proper time. I don't always know when the proper time is, but the proper time's coming, and when the proper time comes, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Do not give up. Do not quit. Do not throw in the towel. In your marriage, don't quit. Don't give up. It, with your, don't give up on your kids. Don't give up on your family. Don't give up on your friends. Don't give up on those crazy people you work with because they work with you and you're crazy too. Don't give up on these relationships. Because there is a now component that's connected to later and later will make now worth it if you don't give up. Later. Later makes now worth it. Later. 
That is, if you don't give up, you don't quit. That is the promise of God. So again, you know this, you live this in, in, relation, in, in money world, in finance world, in your business world, with decisions that you make. But let's take this very familiar concept and let's start running it through the filter of our relationships and start thinking now, later, now, and later. Living now, thinking about later. The story isn't over. The story isn't over. Things change. I'm changing. People change. God is still at work. I ain't going to quit. I'm not going to quit loving. I'm not going to quit honoring God. I'm not going to quit honoring each other. We're not going to quit. We're not going to give up. We're going to make this thing great by the power of God at work within us. Because now, later, we'll prove it, that this decision now is worth it. Let's pray. Dear Father, thank you for this simple principle that just because it's simple doesn't mean it is not powerful. In fact, it is one of the most powerful principles and concepts at play in life in general. Help us to bring this to our relationships. Help us as husbands and wives, as moms and dads and brothers and sisters and children, family members, neighbors and friends and coworkers, people we live with, people we date, people we live around, all of our relationships. May we bring this to bear knowing that now matters because later is coming. And may we make choices that number one, honor you. And then right on the heels of that, honor each other. Knowing that when we honor you, we are honoring each other. And when we honor each other, ultimately, we do honor you. Those are connected. And may we do so in the present moment. Knowing that it will pay later on. And we thank you for grace that fills in the gaps. We thank you for grace that makes it possible for us to participate in this at all. And we're so thankful that the story isn't over. Not for us, not for them, and not for the situations we find ourselves in in our relationships. Help us learn how to be more human as you created us to be by applying this principle to our relationships. In Jesus' name, amen.